Welcome to this week's episode of the Between the Lines podcast. This week, we have a sort of special edition for you. Uh, we've got a few categories, and we're going to be ranking the top five in categories all across the sports world. From the greatest athletes of all time to the best athletes off the court, we've got it all. We're going to start with the GOAT rankings. Um, in this ranking, we're ranking the greatest sports athletes in every sport, from track and field to basketball to tennis. We're attempting to compare apples to oranges here. So we'll, we'll start off with five here. Um, what do you guys have as five in this ranking? Uh, I'll start us off here. I got to go with MJ. Uh, I mean, the, the debate between MJ and LeBron is kind of up in the air, but I think whoever's at Whoever's the go-to basketball is in the fifth ranking. Well, and MJ, six-time NBA champion, six-time NBA Finals MVP, uh, five-time MVP, ten-time leading scorer, and he has two gold Olympic gold medals. So he's kind of the ambassador, the household name, if you will, for the sport. And I think he's not—he's not—he's not in the top uh, four uh, just because he there is a competition for the goat spot in basketball. Um, so he's not completely dominant, but he is a household name and everyone knows who he is. Liam, what about you? Um, I, I went kind of a different direction. I have Muhammad Ali. I just think he is the greatest boxer of all time and one of the most iconic athletes of all time. But I definitely think there are some athletes that could have been here. Like you could have put Babe Ruth here, but I just think there are better ones. So... I've got a bit of an interesting one. I've got I've got Messi here. Um, so he he spent his whole career with Barcelona. He's won 34 trophies with them, 705 goals, six-time Golden Shoe winner. I mean, I'm no soccer fan, but I I know that that I know greatness when I see it, and he he has really resembled it his entire career. Uh, let's uh, go to four. I'll go to four, but I just want to touch. Interesting that you picked uh, Messi over Ronaldo there. Or, uh, yeah, so I really um, have I have no idea what I'm talking about in soccer. So um, I picked I picked Messi because I just liked him better. Interesting. All right, so four. I'm gonna go in the in the track and field sector. I'm gonna go Usain Bolt. Um, I think he has eight gold medals. No, I think he does have eight gold medals. He's the world record holder in the hundred meter, two hundred meter, and the four by one hundred meter. Um, he's just completely dominated the aspect in the sport of sprinting. He's you know kind of set the precedent. I don't think his records are going to be beaten anytime soon. I've got Muhammad Ali here. Um, his, in, his entire career, he had 56 wins with 37 knockouts and five losses. Um, he's, the, he's the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time. But um, what, what makes him even better is really what he resembled off the court too, which I guess we'll touch on later. But he, he was just dominant and despite – and even with his athletic achievements, he was just like a huge figure in society. So that's why I've, I've got him up there at four. Um, at four, I have Hank Aaron. Not even mentioning his other achievements, he batted 305 in his career, 755 home runs, and he was a 25-time All-Star. That is just like an absurd number. And he's arguably the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah, interesting with the baseball players. I don't, I don't know if there is a specific goat, but it's an interesting take. Um, I'm gonna go on to three. I got Serena Williams. 
23 Grand Slam titles, four Olympic golds, um, number one in the world for 319 weeks, including, and she also won a tournament while she was pregnant, which is something that, you know, it's not a lot of people say they can do. Um, I think her overall dominance of the, of women's tennis is just remarkable. Yeah. So at, at three, I have, I have MJ here, um, six championship rings, averages 30 points per game, highest scoring average in history of NBA. Uh, he's the greatest basketball player to ever walk the planet. Um, and he, I, I wanted to put him higher, but I, I just couldn't because there's just, there's just a couple people who are just better in their respective sports. Yeah. At six, I also have MJ three, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but yeah, as you said, six championships, he's, he's, he's iconic. Yeah. So moving on to two, I got top two are kind of interchangeable in my opinion. Um, I, for two, I have Wayne Gretzky, um, four time Stanley cup winner, um, nine time MVP, most regular season goals, most assists, most points, most hat tricks. And I think his just dominance of the sport, the sport of hockey is, you know, just something special. And I don't, I think I'm not much of a hockey fan, but uh, I do know the name Wayne Gretzky and that's who I associate when I think of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head there. Um, I don't really have any other stats to back it up. It's, you basically hit it at all. Um, he holds basically all the records. Um, he's just a hockey icon and he's really up here with he's up here at two because I think it's so hard to just be so dominant in hockey um, because you don't when you think of hockey you don't think of so many dominant figures it's easy to dominate in other sports like sprinting Usain Bolt and so I mean with a team sport it's so hard to stand out like he did so that's why I've got him there yeah I also have Wayne Gretzky I think this is the first time all three of us have had the same player but you guys already mentioned it just the per- the stats that he put up in a team sport like hockey are just absurd. You all have the same number one. Yeah, I'm assuming you all have the same number one. I'll just touch on TB12, the goat of all goats. Oh, that's not what I had. Oh, you don't even have TB on the list? Don't even have him on the list. Wow. Okay, well, I'll, I'll touch on him then. Um, well, I think it's not hard to agree that Tom Brady is the goat of football. And um, I think he's just pure dominance. The his length of his career, the story behind his career just makes him, you know, just so special. And he's six-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Super Bowl MVP, um, three MVP awards. And I think it's just him, like, it's so hard to dominate in football, like, especially for as long as he can. And I just think it's it, he's the goat of all goats. All right. This is going to ruffle some feathers. I know it is. But at number one, the greatest athlete of all time, I've got the 28-time Olympian. I got Michael Phelps here. And oh my gosh. I do. Look, 20, he holds the record for most medals. He's a five-time Olympian from 2000 to 2016. He held this dominance. And that's similar to Tom Brady in which they were so dominant for so long. So I've, I've got him up there. He's got 23 gold medals, 13 individual ones. And he, he's been dominating since he was 15 years old. So I, it's really hard comparing apples to oranges here. Um, so, you know, I, I respect the Tom Brady pick. Yeah, th- this was one I, I really struggled to pick, but I'm, I also have to go with Michael Phelps. I mean, no athlete has been as dominant on, like, a world level. Tom Brady dominated football 
just in the U.S. Like, you never know. There could be some, some <laughs> inside the world. But Michael yeah. Phelps dominated the world. That's just a poor argument. Because I don't, I don't think that no... you're going to win that argument. There's no yeah. really like a world football league. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, there was. 1970s World Football League. All right, man. Well, we're going to talk a little right. topic a little bit here, but uh, let's move on to speaking of Tom Brady and the go to football. Um, let's just talk about the top five best NFL players that aren't Tom Brady. I'll, I mean, I can I can start so because I'm already my voice is all warmed up. But I have uh, at number five, I have Joe Montana. Um, he's Hall of Famer, uh, four time Super Bowl champ, three time MVP, two time MVP, eight Pro Bowls. Um, uh, he has the highest Super Bowl passer rating and two all pros. I think he's just, he is the quarterback below Tom Brady. Um, and I think he's just other dominance puts him on the list. Um, I also have Joe Montana, surprisingly, um, four-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, eight Pro Bowls. He was the GOAT before Tom Brady came along and took the GOAT title. So at at five, I've got arguably one of my favorite football players ever. I've got Walter Payton at five, um, 110 touchdowns in his career, uh, 3,800 rushing yards, um, 16,000 yards. He was just dominant, uh, elusive. It it was just I didn't never I didn't get to watch him because you know, but um, he he was a like a just an elite running back there. All right, let's move on to four. Does anybody? Yeah. So I like the Waller Payton pick, but I can't have two running backs on my list, unfortunately. But I got Reggie White um, at number four. He was a 2006 Hall of Fame inductee, Super Bowl champion, 1996, two-time DPOY. Uh, I think he's a eight-time first-team All-Pro, and he's a 13-time Pro Bowler, which is very, very hard for a defensive player. Um, I think when you just watch some of his, you know, the old tapes, he's just super dominant. He can throw his guy, throw his guys around. Um, he's one, and he's one of the best defensive players to ever do it. Um, at four, I have Barry Sanders. Um, fifteen thousand career, fifteen thousand plus career rushing yards, which is third all time, ten Pro Bowls, six All Pros, and I, th- I mean, I think he's the best running back of all time. And if he didn't retire earlier that early he would have been higher up at number four i've got joe montana um he's just had a ridiculously good career 273 touchdowns 63 percent completion rating um he was the second best quarterback ever uh behind behind tom he's the undisputed goat but yeah he, he was dominant um he was a champion and that's really all i've got about him Number three, I'm sticking on defensive side of the block. I got Lawrence Taylor from Liam's beloved Giants, uh, pro, Hall of Famer, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, eight, ten-time Pro Bowler, nine-team first-team All-Pro, um, MVP, three-time DPOY, and I think like Reggie White, he's just so dominant in his era that you you can't put anybody from the current era or hit the past era on his level just because how he dominated the league when he was, when he was playing. Um, I have, I've Peyton Manning at three, 14 time pro bowler, uh, seven time all pro. Just the statistical achievements that he has are next level. 
the only real thing you can say is that he only has two Super Bowls, but outside of that, he has an outstanding resume. Yeah, I I have to go with Mike here. I have, I have Lawrence Taylor from Williams Giants. Um, he's one of only two defensive players um, to have won the MVP, the other one being Alan Page. Um, and no, no defensive player has won since him. Uh, he was named first team All-Pro in eight of 10 years and second team All-Pro in the other two when he was just a force to be reckoned with on defense. So I can, I can lead us off on to uh, number two. Um, in my number two spot, I have got Jim Brown. Um, he, in college, he was an All-American at multiple sports. Um, he's just the undisputed greatest running back in history. Um, but he, he was from a time when rushing was really like the only way that the NFL moved the ball. But uh, in nine years, he was first team all pro eight times. Um, he's also the only running back to over, average over 100 yards of rushing per game. So he was just dominant and he the time really fit his, his play style. Yeah, I'm gonna stick on I'm gonna stick on Jim Brown here. Great, uh, greatest running back of all time. Um, I don't know if you, you probably mentioned some of these stats, so I'm probably just gonna run through. But four-time MVP, first player to rush for over 10,000 yards, 100 touchdowns, um, fifth most rushing rushing TDs in NFL history, and he leads the NFL in average rushing yards per game, uh, which is something that you know a lot of running backs look to look to break. So that's why he's two. Um, you guys already mentioned him, but Lawrence Taylor's my number two. You're, you guys already went over all the accolades. NFL MV, the, uh, one of two players to be named MVP on the defensive side. Uh, if, if it weren't for a little bit of a, of a drug issue, he would definitely be number one. Yeah, speaking of number one, I, th- I don't know if uh, anybody has a different number one than I do, but uh, Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time. Pro, uh, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champ, 13 Pro Bowls, leads the, leads the NFL in touchdowns, receiving yards, um, holds a bu- holds 36 total NFL records, um, and I think he's just dominated dominated the sport. Yeah, and, the, yeah I'm just going to really just add on to you. I have Jerry Rice, too. And the, the gap between, like, Jerry Rice and his competitors really shows that, like, there's no competition in, in this race. Uh, he's got 22,000 receiving yards. No one else has 20,000. Um, he has the most total touchdowns. There's only one record out of the 36 he holds. Um, and he, interesting fact, he went 274 consecutive games with one reception. So just consistent um, play in the in highest stage in the world. Yeah, I also have Jerry Rice. You guys pretty much shook the words out of my mouth. No player has been that dominant for that long. And just the numbers he put up are astounding. And some of the records that he set will probably never be broken. So this is, all right, we're moving on to one of my favorite categories that we have planned today. Um, Each year, the NBA puts on a USA versus world game where they showcase the best players, the best rising players from around the world. And so really thinking about this, it got us thinking, which country really produces the best NBA players? Um, so we, we can start it off as five, started off at five as per usual. Um, and my number five is actually Serbia. 
Um, Serbia has 11 players drafted over the last decade. Um, Serbia produced Nikola Djokic. Um, other pretty good players too, but Djokic is really the main guy. They always do well in the Olympics and FIBA. So that's why I've got them there at five. Yeah, I like I like Span at number five. Um, I think they also have a solid um, Olympic showing every year. But they, they produce players like, uh, I think, the Gasol brothers. Um, and I think there's a ton of unknown prospects there that if if that if Spain is scouted more, I think it, that would be definitely a top three country to produce NBA players. Um, I I have Italy. They don't. They just have really decent, like really decent players. They got Danilo Gallinari, Andre Bargnani. They've just produced some solid players over the years. Yeah, at four, I agree with Mike. I, I have Spain also. Spain earned a World Cup of Basketball championship in 2006, back-to-back silver medals in 08 and 012 in the Olympics. Um, they produced the Gasol brothers, Ricky Rubio. Uh, they've had a ton of draft picks too. So they, they, they just produce constant talent from Europe and overseas. Yeah, at four, I got Australia. Uh, this might be a little bit low. But they got players, current players like Kyrie Irving, Joe Ingles, um, and other other. And I'm sorry, I didn't even mention Ben Simmons. But there's there's a lot of good good talent that comes out of the opposite side of the world. Um, I have Argentina. They produce some interesting players. They got Pablo Prigioni, the oldest NBA rookie of all time, and then there are players like Luis Scola and Manu Ginobili that were very solid in their long NBA careers. So um, moving on to three, at three, I have Canada, um, Northern border. Um, they, they lead the way in draft picks from another country with 16. Um, they have Wiggins, uh, Tristan Thompson, Jamal Murray, Nick Stauskas, uh, just, just good players. Um yeah, and I guess they, they do have their own team there. So it, it makes sense that they, they get a lot of talent coming out into the NBA. Yeah, three, I'm going to go France. Um, you know, they have a solid um, Olympic program along with they probably, they probably have one of the best um, feeders into the NBA. Um, some current players that are from France, Rudy Gobert, Evan Fournier, uh, Nicolas Batum, and some other – some other notable players. Um, but yeah, that's why I'm on three. Um, at three, I have I have Greece. This is pretty much just being carried by the Antetokounmpo brothers. But like Giannis has just been dominating the league for however many of the past years, and they've had some other decent players. And their Olympic team always seems to always puts up a really good fight. It's funny how Liam's list. Mine and Michael's have been sort of similar, but Liam's has had no comparison. But I'm liking that. Um, and I'm going to basically basically copying Michael's list just in a different order. But um, I have Australia, too. Uh, Simmons, Ben Simmons, who won Rookie of the Year, named an All-Star in his second year. Um, Andrew Bogut, that guy is a beast. Well, not really. Yeah, he wasn't really a beast. But uh, they, they've produced good talent. Matthew Della Dova, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, 
uh, Patty Mills. They're just pretty decent NBA talent. Yeah, number two, I'm going to go with Canada. Um, like like Alex said, they've produced the most draft picks, probably because they're so close and it's accessible for scouts. But uh, R.J. Barrett's a big name headlining the Canada recents this year. Um, Tristan Thompson, Wiggins, SGA, Brandon Clark, and others uh, headline that, that country's prospects. Um, yeah, I have Australia. They got Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Matthew Delvadova, Joe Ingles, as Alec already mentioned. They've produced a lot of solid players that had a lot of hype coming in around them, and they, they've turned out to be pretty solid picks. So for number one, this might be a consensus number one. Um, wait, is no this this should be a consensus. This should number be a one. consensus number one. I've got I've got the United States at yeah, number one. No question. Um, yeah, well that's hard when the uh, it's called the National Basketball League. I mean National Basketball Association, as in America. So that's that's rough. So yeah, there's no there's no really need to analyze the U.S. prospects, uh, considering that they are in United States. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they make up probably about three-fourths of the league, more. I think it's something like 70%. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, all right, so we so far we've talked about the best athletes on the court, um, which country produces the best players, the best NFL players, the greatest athletes. But right now we're, we're actually taking it off the court, um, and great athletes dominate their sport. But the best ones actually make their mark outside of their sport, so we're – discussing the top five athletes that left an impact on their communities. All right. Starting us off with number five, I got John Cena, you know, he's a great guy in the ring and he's an even better guy out of the ring. He's, he makes a huge impact at children's hospitals. Um, you know, he's always posing for pictures, signing stuff. Um, he's just a great guy and someone that you can look up to in the, in the ring and, and out of the ring. So at, at, at number five, I've got a little bit of a long shot here. Um, it's something that you really would never believe if I told you, um, not in a podcast, which is very, it's a very informative podcast. So we never lie. Um, so Ronda Rousey is coming in at five here. Um, she, she's super generous with her time and money. She has a foundation that helps underprivileged people get mental health services. Um, she began a can't, she began a program to help people learn judo. She's also donated time and money to the free rice campaign. And so um, she might be ruining people's mental health inside of the octagon, but she, she's definitely helping out a lot in her community. Um, at five, I have Pat Tillman. He gave up his football career to join the military after 9-11. That is an extremely selfless act. And that just simple as that. Uh, before we're heading to the football field, I got one time recipient of the Walter Payton Award winner, J.J. Watt. Um, just a great guy. Um, you know, people people couldn't would never know, but he's you know a guy you want to be around off the field. He's very generous. Uh, he donates tons of foundations, and he's just a great guy overall. Uh, at four, I've got a little bit of like an obvious pick. Um, I, I've got I've got LeBron. Um, he's got a big interest in using the game of basketball to improve the world around him. Uh, the LeBron James Foundation focuses on helping children. He sent thousands of kids to school. Um, he, if you want to talk about somebody who really gave back to Akron, Ohio, somewhere where he was from, and he, he's got to be on top of the list there. But I've got him at four. 
Um, at four, I have Russell Wilson. He does a ton of work with the Seattle Children's Hospital and has raised a lot of money for the Ray Charles III Diabetes Association. Yeah, I'll skip over three real quick because uh, Liam Liam stole my words there. So, but uh, Russell Wilson at three, you know, he's just he's one of those quarterbacks where you you know you're not going to get anything really controversial out of him. Um, he's you know like like Liam said, he spends a lot of time with the Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, he donates to a tons of different foundations uh, to help kids, and yeah, he's just number three on my list. So somebody for number three on my list, I have somebody who really hasn't given back really in the sense of like giving to homeless, like mental health services, but um, Colin Kaepernick, he's really stood up for what he believes for. And it might not have been his local community, but he's done a lot of things for uh, the African-American community. A lot of people for uh, African-Americans in sports, he's kind of just trailblazed um, the fight and police brutality. So that's, that's been um, something that's cool to watch on his part. Um, at number three, I have Michael Phelps. He's very charitable. He does a lot of work with the the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and he's just a really good guy um, away from the Olympic pool. Uh, at two, I got Muhammad Ali, uh, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Uh, he was also huge in the civil rights movement, and you know he was a pioneer. Um, for African-American people, just kind of leading the way with the, with the civil rights movement, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, so at, at two, I have Serena Williams. Um, she's done really a lot of education work. Um, she supported the education of children in Asia, and she's just really helped out um, with education in impoverished countries. Um, at two, I have J.J. Watt. He raised over $40 million dollars for the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund, which helps Houston rebuild after the devastating hurricane. All right, well, let, let's get on to our number ones here, the, the best humanitarian athletes um, in our day and age. Uh, Michael, what do you got? Yeah, so I can't believe you had him at four, but I have LeBron James as my top guy here. You know, he, he has his own school that help kids that, that need it in LA. Um, like Alex said, he he helped a lot with Arkin, and he's a he's a big BLM activist. Um, he he's not afraid to take a stand, which is something that is very impressive and and shouldn't be taken for granted in sports. Uh, he's also you know a, a good guy. Uh, he has a great family, and he's a family man. Taco Tuesday, you know the infamous phrase. So he's just he's one of a kind for sure. Yeah, so um, I'm going to take it to baseball here because I, I figured I would use some um, uniqueness in my list. And I'm going I'm gonna throw it back a little bit to Roberto Clemente. Uh, despite being like uh, a role model in the Latin American community, being one of the first successful <laughs> yeah, Latin American baseball players, um, he really did so much humanitarian work um, after hurricanes and natural disasters in Central America. And so he, um, he, he ended up dying uh, in a cargo plane accident um, in Puerto Rico off the coast. And so he really, he, he gave his life to humanitarian aid. So that's something that's really uh, Michael pretty much already went over this. LeBron James, he's just given back so much to his hometown of Akron, Ohio. And he uses his position to just make the world a better place. All right. All 
Right. So we're going to be moving on to our last ranking of the day. Um, we're moving to baseball here. So uh, the pitcher is the most important position in baseball. They control the game. But is there really a GOAT pitcher? Um, where we're going to tackle that today, and we give our opinions on who the greatest pitchers of all time are. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll lead us off here. I just want to give a quick honorable mention to Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver. It's, it was very hard to make my list, but uh, I, was, I think I did a pretty good job. So at five, I got Randy Johnson. Uh, his career stats include a three, over 300 wins, um, less than 170 losses, a 329 ERA. Just under 5,000 Ks, five-time Cy Young Award winner, nine-time strikeout champion. I mean, his 100-mile-per-hour fastball just dominate, dominated hitters, which I'd really never seen anything like that besides Nolan Ryan. Um, it's just second to all-time to Nolan in, a stri- in strikeouts, and he was just um, the overall fastball hurler of the era. Um, yeah, you briefly mentioned him there. At five, I have Nolan Ryan, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, a legendary fastball, and he's one of the first pitchers that I think really showed the limits of what the fastball can be. Yeah, I, I, I have Nolan Ryan at five, too. He, he was really a trailblazer. Um, he was a great pitcher. He he really just brought you into the modern, like velocity-oriented era of baseball, and um, he he was just he just threw the ball hard. Um, but he he was really great. Um, Liam touched on the stats, so we'll we'll move on to four. Yeah, so at four I got Greg Maddox. Um, he didn't have unlike unlike Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan. He didn't have that blazing fastball. He just you know had pinpoint accuracy, and his off speed was disgusting. And it, it worked. He had a 316 ERA, 114 whip, just under under 4,000 strikeouts. Um, and he averaged 17 wins a season for a span of uh, 14 years, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and he's a four-time Cy Young Award winner. Um, at number four, uh, I've got the guy they named the award after. Um, I have Cy Young at four. Um, during a five-year stretch, he pitched 184 complete games with a 1.93 ERA and that that just really speaks for itself. You don't you don't see pitchers going out and just uh, toughing it through a complete game as much as he did. So he he was tough. Um, he was accurate and he he was just really all you want in a pitcher. Um at 4, I have Sandy Koufax. Um 2.76 ERA, 111 whip. Almost a little over 2,300 strikeouts. If it weren't for arthritis in his left arm, he would have played a lot longer and he would have been a lot higher up on this lift, list. All right, at three, I'm going to go with Christy Mathewson. Uh, just under 400 wins, just above one whip. Um, he was, you know, just the dominant pitcher back in the day. He, he just got wins. He p- pitched complete games. He won World Series. And he just, you know, dominated the era right before and going into the current day and age of baseball. So, uh, actually, I have, a, I have a fun fact about Christy Mathewson. Um, he actually, he invented the screwball. Just a, just a nice factoid there. Uh, book four, number three, I've got Sandy Koufax. Um, 
like Liam said, despite he really pitched through pain and arthritis in that left arm that ended his career early. He only pitched 12 years and it really like gives you one of those, like, could he, did he have more in the tank? Probably not, but um, he, he averaged 24.3 wins in 307 strikeouts per year in a, a, like a five-year stretch of his career. Um, he won both the NL MVP and Cy Young in 1963. Uh, he was just a great guy, and he, he just he did it all. Um, at three, I have Pedro Martinez. In his, his like seven-year span of his prime, he was nasty. He, he's probably one of the best pitchers in his prime. Um, 219 wins to only 100 losses, 2.93 ERA in his career. He's... He's one of the greatest pitchers ever. I I don't see where that's coming from, man. Maybe a biased Boston Red Sox fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little biased. At two, I got the award man himself, Cy Young, over 500 wins, um, 316 losses, which is a little bit, um, a little bit too many, but it just proves how many games he pitched and how efficient he was. Uh, he leads. He leads baseball and wins losses, and he's pitched starts and complete games. Um, he won at least twenty games fifteen times, thirty games five times, <clears throat> and two games in the modern day World Series, leading Boston to his first their first championship. So at, at number two, I've got got Randy Johnson, uh, just an absolute flamethrower. Um, he fanned three hundred and twenty nine batters in five seasons straight. Um, in the last four decades, a pitcher has struck out at least 320 batters in a season five times. Uh, he did that five times straight. Um, he consistently put up great numbers. His uh, strikeouts per nine innings during his half-decade span where he was like most dominant was 12. Um, he, he won this multiple Cy Youngs with the Diamondbacks, and he, he was just a fastball machine. Yeah, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. Randy, Randy Johnson, he was just nasty. That fastball is unbelievable. And he just the longevity that he put up with that fastball is outstanding. Have you guys seen the video that he hit the bird? Yeah, yeah, that's iconic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that bird just disintegrated midair. All right, well, I'll lead us off for number one here. The goat of all pitchers, Walter Johnson. Uh, 417 and 279, 217 ERA, 106 whip, 3,500 strikeouts, and he spent his entire 21 year career with the Senators. Man, that's loyal. I don't know about any any of you guys, but I'm not staying with one team for 21 years. Uh, he has the most shutouts, and from 1910 to 1919, he averaged 26 wins a season. That's nuts. Yeah, he, I, I have Walter Johnson too. Uh, they named a high school after him. You know what? I don't see anybody else on this list having a high school named after them. Um, but yeah, you basically took all the stats right out of my mouth. But he he posted 110 complete game shutouts. Uh, like 110 complete games is ridiculous, but to have that many complete game shutouts is insanity. Um, his 164.5 WAR ranked second of all time to Babe Ruth. Um, which is crazy. And he he was just dominant, and that's why he's the greatest pitcher ever. Twice in one episode, we all agree with the number one. I also have Walter Johnson. 
you guys didn't even touch on the fact that he's a two-time MVP as a pitcher. And yes, he does have a high school named after them. Uh, but yeah, he's he's the GOAT pitcher. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if that, that wraps everything up. Thanks for tuning in this week to this week's episode. Make sure you tune in next week when we talk about the draft preview. And make sure to follow all our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time.